that is that Alex Simmons back this in America? He can you hear me this time? I can hear you fine. Oh, wunderbar, wunderbar. So back in America, huh? Yes, I'm back. Back here, I landed uh, at about eleven twenty uh, Monday morning and um, made it into Manhattan. You know, sort of reacclimate to the city at large to you know, <laughs> the hot. It's summer, it's July, it's a hot day. It's not blistering, but it's a hot, sort of dry day at the moment. Well, I'll and, tell you uh, what, it's what? cooler than it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like that. Okay. So whatever you're feeling, add about 20, 30 degrees. That's what helped how much hotter it felt yesterday. So, so, you know, aside from being in another country in another time zone, I was also uh, experiencing another weather zone because... Yesterday was uh, beautiful, maybe around 68 to 70 degrees. The sky was blue. The clouds were puffy. The wind was breezy and, and refreshing. Where was this weather? I was in Serbia. Um, I had attended the Balkan Young Comic Creators Festival and Conference in Leskovic. And I, that had been uh, literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Sunday afternoon, uh, two of the artists um, who were also at the event drove me back to Belgrade, or Belgrade, uh, and I stayed over at the home of one of them until my flight at 5 a.m. this morning. So I was in Leskovics and Belgrade. Uh, just to let folks know, I'm getting on a bus to go to my home area, so give me a moment. Everybody sort of envision that as I get on the bus here. Hold on. All right. You can hear the sounds of New York City in the background, ladies and gentlemen, as we await the return of Alex Simmons to the conversation. There is the sound of the bus opening. Excuse me? Well, I'm actually 65. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I didn't want to take it up. Thank you. I'm sorry. Ah, what are you saying? Well, just giving him a little color commentary on the sounds (laughs) of New York as Alex Simmons, world traveler, comes home. Yeah. So tell me about what you learned on this journey. You know, uh, it's it's, it's fantastic because, um, you know, there's there's so much. To process, and I, you know, one of the reasons I'm glad you and I are talking today on TTDS is because you know sometimes the story we tell is not fictional, is not partisan or bipartisan, but is simply you know uh, elements of life, and so you know all kinds of various aspects of the human experience, and so literally, you know, I'm an American. Serbia, you know, for the past few days, and you know, people, depending on to our show, will have different reactions to that, or may recall, you know, news or uh, historical information, opinions, or may have relatives who lived there, were there, from there. As a matter of fact, I learned a TV and film star that I've been watching since I was a kid, uh, Carl Alden was Serbian. Um, he was born in the United States, but his parents were from Serbia. So it's you know, there's so many different ways this will connect. But what did I learn? Uh, first and foremost, what you and I enjoy 
uh, every opportunity that the equation is proven is so, uh, the first thing I'm by two of the artists who were going to the event. What are you doing? Counting your money? <laughs> Who's that? You. I'm hearing this click, clack, clack, and click, clack. Yeah, I'm Those hearing are... it too. I'm not sure what the deal is. Oh, it's not me. All right. I'll stay even more still. Uh, um, anyway, uh, by these two artists uh, in Belgrade when my plane landed. And uh, it was uh, Brada, which actually... Serbia means beard, and Milan, um, and they were also going to go to the festival, and they agreed to pick me up at the airport. And from the, I mean, literally, from the moment I came through customs and into the waiting area, it was, it was like, it was like meeting, and not my old friends, but people who, who are in a community that you're familiar with. Uh, they were, they were open, they were friendly, they, they were, they were who they were, you know, very genuine. And, uh, you know, uh, Milan was, was um, I guess the best way to put it is, is open and genuine, uh, but the, the more focused of the two, the more, uh, not conservative, but a little bit more, you got the sense he, he, he was thinking and, 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 and coming up with things he wanted to say and also listening to you. And, all. and then Brada was more effusive and, and excited. And, and, you know, these are gentlemen all in their, their 40s and 50s, so we're not talking about young kids who go, oh, golly gee. Uh, but we were just, we were, you could tell we were genuinely all glad that we were coming together for a similar purpose, which was to share our enthusiasm, experiences, and skill set in the art of creating comics and graphic novels. But Alex, uh, uh, I don't understand. Um, you know that there are people in, <laughs> there, there are people in our government who would suggest no way could these people be anything but enemies what are you saying here what i'm saying is what i've always said and what you have always said and what others that we spend more time with or consider mentors or friends or like thinkers is that once and again initially people are people good and the bad and the go cleanies one for a second the ugly all civilizations have them, and the only way you get to know who's who is by being open to meet them. That doesn't mean that everybody has to jump on a plane and go to another country, but you've got to see more. Different cultures, races, religions. My mother and my grandmother taught me you know, back in the, the 50s, 60s, we're dealing with some of the things we're dealing with now. These, they're basic, basic creeds. From, from North Carolina, the basic creed was, you know, you meet people and you judge them by their actions, not by anything else. And so, you know, yeah. By the content of their character. Right, exactly. There's political stuff going on. There's religious stuff going on. There's the usual human gibberish of my... my there's, there's economics. There's all kind of chicanery going on in the world. But that doesn't mean that every single human being from each of those companies and countries, including ours, perpetrates this, believes this, lives by this, certainly not by the negatives. So here I was, you know, off the plane and meeting these two gentlemen. And, hey, you know, not that I thought this way, but, you know, the reality is, okay, the best it's going to get. And as I get further into the country, it's going to become, you know, weird, awkward, 
you know, ugly or whatever. But again, you take it every, you know, each step of the way. So um, Milan and, and Brana and I got into the Milan's car and had a three and a half hour drive out of Belgrade to uh, Leskovics, where the festival was being held. And there was a halfway point where we stopped at, I think, the old tree or the, the fallen tree. I have it written down somewhere, uh, which is this uh, roadside or off the highway, very well-known restaurant, uh, eating place. You know, it's like a trucker's kind of spot, but it's not, it's not, it's not plain and diner, but it's, it's also not super fancy restaurant. But it's like a little in between. And, you know, we've got patio, you know, outside areas to eat in. The sun was shining, the birds were singing, the grass was green. I mean reality of, of what I was experiencing and we sat there and we talked we talked about comics, we talked about graphic novels, we talked about each other you know, a little bit of our, our personal life our you know, family and I got back in the car and headed off and I let's see I, I think I arrived about 10 o'clock or 10.45 in the morning on the 29th, Friday the 29th and by three o'clock in the afternoon, we were in Leskovitz. And I checked into this hotel, very modest, small, almost like a hostel, you know, very simple, very basic. And um, got myself situated. We're not talking fancy five star anything. I don't even know if it was a star and a half, but it was comfortable. And it was, you know, the, the, the um, host or the uh, uh, maitre d' or the, you know, the, 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 the clerk was just woman probably in her 50s who was you know didn't speak any English but just you could tell she was trying to be a host trying to welcome you to the her establishment and to try to make you as comfortable as possible and after that you know it went further you know I checked in a little while later it was uh, they, they let me get some rest and they picked me up and we went to the reception for the evening and driving through this town let's see this uh, l-e-s-k-o-v-a-c lescovics is a town, so not a tiny town, small town. Um, so, you know, driving around, it doesn't take very long. And it's easy to see as you move through the streets, you know, uh, uh, you get a sense of economics, history, and progress, all in, in a five minute or 10 minute drive through a very short series of streets and canals. And it was just, again, you're, you're in a small, European town by the architecture. Maybe, you know, you're looking at the signs and you don't recognize the language. But otherwise, it's a town. It's a town like I've been in in Maine or New Hampshire or on the West Coast or in, in the South. It's a town. And you see the people get a sense of who knows who and those kids are running around doing what and there's some graffiti here and then there's new buildings there and then there's the old style, old architecture. And it was just um, uh, a quick series of flashes of we're not in Kansas, but not that far from it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, uh, I'm trying, I don't, I'm overwhelmed with questions as opposed to being bereft of them. Um, fire away. Cause I want to try and, you know, put down as in record as much of my experience as possible. So, you know, whatever you want to ask, go feel free. Well, let's talk about the culture and, and the people uh, for a minute. Um, 
you've traveled all around in the United States. You've traveled to many other countries and many other continents. Um, what struck you um, about this place as familiar to you? Um, okay, I'll try to do this succinctly because there's so many references I could pull from. Um, one time I was in Vermont going to the small town for a writer's retreat. And I predominantly, by the way, for anyone listening to the show, I'm African-American. If you don't know, can't tell. And I'm in this town in Vermont that is predominant. And at the writer's retreat, which is, you know, no biggie. Everybody there is everybody there for writing. You know, we don't pay that much attention to each other. But once you walk around the town, people notice me. Let's just put it that way. And I remember being in a library, going to the library to do some research, and I came up behind a patron, a customer who was talking to the librarian. The librarian is looking at me from behind her desk with this sort of stunned look, like pretty much her day is thrown. You know, I'm not used to this person or this type of person coming in here. I don't know what to expect. It was all on her face, all there. Now, I'm not even going to say she was racist, bigoted, or anything like that, but definitely this threw her completely, seeing me there. And you could tell she didn't know what to expect. She was talking to this little old lady. I would say maybe the lady was in her 60s or 70s. And the woman's back was to me. So she didn't know I was behind her. And she sees the library staring, the librarian staring, you know, over her shoulder at, at me. She turns around and I'm anticipating, you know, which I normally don't do, but hey, because of what was happening at the moment, I'm anticipating and prepared to say, hello, ma'am, don't worry, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the woman sees me and instantly instantly oh hi how are you you know and just talking to me the way she would you get the feeling the way she would have talked to the grocer the butcher you know the, the, the kid delivering the newspapers or the milk, morning milk totally different reactions from two different people living in the same town at pretty much the same instant. and had, that's what I, yeah and, i'm sorry i just want to say that's what i experienced there in vermont no, in, in, in Serbia, is I saw people seeing me and you could tell they weren't expecting because I don't think I saw another person, African, African-American, Caribbean person in the town while I was there. True, I was only there for two, three days. But there were some people who see me and you, you could tell they were like, oh, what? Hmm? What did you? I don't know. And then there were all the other people who saw me and either, you know, literally, like kids and some of the other adults, just walk by me the way they were walking by other people who weren't involved with your conversation. Mm -hmm. Or you had people who would nod to me, or if I smiled, they smiled. As if they were reading, you know, my greeting, and then saying, oh yeah, hey, I can, I can, I can reciprocate. So culturally on that level, European town away from the mainstream, not saying isolated, but away from planes flying in, boats coming into the harbor and all that, because it didn't have any of that. Just taking it all in stride. Here's another moment in my life, and oh, this person is unusual. What the heck? Or this person is unusual. Hey, how you doing? Or this person is unusual. Yeah, okay, but I got other things in my mind. And then in terms of, you know, and I, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to talk to people not involved in the uh, comics festival, but the festival people, the artists, the volunteers who are some of them, 
others were older, you know, they were the college age or early 30s. 99% of them were about what can I, what can, what can I learn from you? Or, mm -hmm. or would you look at my portfolio? Or let me tell you something about what's happening in this town or what's happening in service. There was um, a desire by some to talk politics and there was a desire by others to literally talk about nothing but art, about creating comics, about the experiences. And here's a cultural thing. Many of the Serbian artists that I met, the older ones who have been in the business for a while, and the younger ones who are either, you know, shifting from high school to a college age experience, or were in their early 20s and trying to break into the industry. The industry doesn't exist in Serbia. It doesn't exist in many of the other countries along their borders. There's a comic industry, if you will, in France and in Belgium. And so, so many of the people that I met who have a love of drawing, but you know, reality for them is find some kind of work that's going to allow them to put food. They're, they're looking to this gatekeeper, narrow canal move into that springs forth from a totally different country. Because they would love to get involved with the American comic book arena and, and there were a couple of older artists there who'd had experiences with us. But the majority of them had, you know, it's just the way some people want to go to, to, to work for Marvel or DC or maybe Image or Dark Horse. These guys want to work in France or they want yeah. to work for publishers in Belgium. Sure, because that's where the uh, industry is there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, since you brought both up, let's talk briefly. Um, those who wanted to talk politics, what was their view? You, you know, it's, 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 um, I'm not, just by saying I have little faith in politicians. I see politicians as the same way some people see changing socks. It depends on the individual. It depends on how well the sock is made. It depends on what pair of socks you're wearing that day. So certain politicians really do serve the people and others serve themselves, no matter what country you're in. So a number of the people that were talking to me and wanted to share their political views were talking about, uh, you know, the war that, that occurred there in, in their country uh, over a period of years um, and the damage that it did. And again, the people who talked the most to me about politics, the damage that it did to people and the country. Mm -hmm. Talking, oh, we're better, and and we won this, or they're better. They took such and such. It was this is what it cost us. This is this is what we lost. This is how, how this is the pain that that everyone felt, or this is the damage that was done. Right. Uh, and, and there were there were attitudes about you know media misconceptions or misrepresentation, and not being uh, again politically uh, in, uh, entrenched in world events. Um, I will not try and sit here and recite. That's uh, fine. Events, we, but we get the I, idea. We get yeah, the idea. They will, they will say that, you know, um, what was represented was inaccurate at certain times, or it was accurate, but not all the information was there. All right. Um, and what do they want to talk about as far as art and storytelling? Art this was, is tell the damn story after all. It, it is. It is. Um, but you tell a damn story on all those levels. Well, so what did they want to talk about as far as art and storytelling? You know, first off, because again, the purpose of this event, the Balkan uh, Young Comic Creators uh, Festival and Conference, 
which was, by the way, 20 years old this time around, but should have been 20 years old a year ago. And I'll explain that in a moment. They, their first purpose was to be, to serve the, the younger artists, kids and mid-range, uh, in sharing with them information about creative art, about drawing, about inking, about penciling, about coloring, about all of the, the skill sets and mechanics that go with creating graphic novels, or as they call them, um, a series and, uh, oh God, what is it? Uh, scenarios and uh, there's another word and I'm forgetting at the moment. I'll, I'll find it. I'll remember it later. But they're, oh, albums, albums. That's what they, they call graphic albums. albums. Yes. So they, they were talking about the mechanics and the skill sets and, and what's necessary to become better as an illustrator. That was, that was their main focus. I changed that a little bit, but I'll get into that in a moment. Um, and then what they would talk about is the business end of it, which was, again, what it was like to work for some of the French publications or the Belgian publications, uh, whether or not the, the gatekeepers are stronger now or weaker, um, sharing their frustrations. See, again, the men who had you know, been doing it for 16 years or five years, sharing the, 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 the ins and outs and frustrations and joys of what they were doing, and then talking about what they felt needed to change, what they needed or hoped would happen. Well, what do, they, what do they think needs to change? What do they hope happens? Well, I mean, again, uh, because I'm not them, so I can only speak from the impressions I get. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, as I saw it, they are people, these are artists who lacking an industry within their own country or within the neighboring country so that something you know, large can grow and can, can service more of them. They're looking to two other countries for their work opportunities. Mm -hmm. It's like looking to one small grocery store to feed a town. 12,000 people. So it is frustrating. The French are very uh, proud of their work and of their, their own attitudes towards graphic novels and comics. And, and, and again, for people who aren't aware of that, the French, certain other European countries, certain, certainly Belgium, they, comics are, are absolutely respected literature. It's, it's yes. a part of their culture. So unlike here, where some people look down their noses at comic books and graphic novels or see them only as, you know, picayune, meager, uh, somewhat idiotic entertainment. These people have, like the Japanese, huge canons of stories and materials that, that they, they love and respect and uh, have been doing for generations. Right. So looking for work or trying to get into this arena. So and it's Really awkward for them. It's difficult for them. Hold on one second. There's a an argument between the bus driver and. Uh, it's okay, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we get the stories. Life all around us. Yep. There we go. Okay. That that dispute may continue, but it's calmer now. Okay. So, all right. So, uh, as a hybrid author yourself, as a hybrid creative, who's both independently published and worked for. Uh, Archie and DC and you know you've had some of the experiences that they want 
Uh, you've also worked for an, a number of publishers. What were you able to bring to the conversation? What were you able to share with them? Well, you know, that's, that's a funny thing. Uh, I say it's funny because that's me uh, uh, nibbling of the humble pie immediately because I'm more comfortable doing that. Um, I, I believe I was pretty much, and again, I don't speak Serbian, so I, I didn't understand everything that was said in some of the other panels. But from reactions, from what I heard afterwards, my workshop on basically creative writing and in particular uh, creating characters and plots and how to approach crafting characters and plots in a script for a comic or graphic novel um, was what I brought to the table, was the very, very specific thing that I brought to the table that a number of them who spoke to me, young and old, had not approach before or had not had someone speak on that that way before and take them through steps and give them um, some methodologies or tips they could use. Can you give us one that you shared? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you and I have talked about them on our programs. And by the way, I did let them know about the Public Damn Story podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, you know, what the heck? Um, I, I talked about, you know, the validity and the necessity of creating engaging no matter how dynamic, exciting, phenomenal your plot is, we don't we don't read just for plot. We read to become connected to the characters, heroes, villains, and victims. So those those are the the, 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 the connections that take us on the journey of the story. So talking about that, I help them as you and I have done many many times. Uh, look at building a character and asking questions about that character. You know the forty questions. Of the, 170 some odd that you have, I mentioned you by the way. Um, you know, I'm presenting that to them. You could see, I could see on, on the faces of some of the people watching. And again, we're talking about this wide range of artists, which is, is one of the things that's exciting about it. Is you're looking at late teens to 50s and 60s in one big room, one big rustic brown timbered room, you know. And Understanding that things that you and I have talked about in terms of telling stories, creating characters, methodologies for creating characters, how to approach plotting a story, staying loose during the creative aspects of it. And like, you know, I showed them about mind mapping an idea for a plot, putting the plot concept in the center, and then throwing down on the paper what ideas come to you, and then identifying which ones connect and you can build on and then organize. These are all things that are very basic to what I do or what you do or what we've talked about that many of them had not ever thought of, including, as I say again, some of the older creatives. Yes, where did I, where did I lose you? We were talking about um, what you had offered and what you had explained to them that they did not know about. Um, and you had, just, you had just said, including some of the older artists there. So if right. you want to recap that a little bit. Well, I was basically saying that the things that I shared, uh, you know, instructional tips that you and I have, have talked about on Tell the Dead Story that you and I have talked about just as, as writers and co-writers, and I know that you share with your students, some of these things that I shared with them, whether it was the younger ones, resonated with them or were new to them. And from, I did my, my presentation around five o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and from that evening, we all, you know, a number of us gathered after the, uh, the events of the day. From that evening through uh, early morning and, late, and early afternoon of the following day of Sunday, 
people would approach me, various gentlemen would approach me, uh, or ladies would approach me and let me know how my presentation and how those tips and instructions had impacted on them. And that was my way of knowing whether or not I had actually been of service. And, you know, I certainly, as I, I think I've mentioned, you know, came back with a lot of impressions and things that I feel that I've learned. But that was my way of understanding that what I came there to do and what I offered was useful. Cool. Excellent. Um, and by the way, that sound in the background is not Alex on life support. It's just another sound <laughs> of New York City, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's true. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Although amazing. When, just yeah. in the last episode, I was speaking to you from Glen Rock, New Jersey, waiting for uh, the rally to uh, keep families together. Uh, and you were speaking to me from Serbia. Yeah. And there was, except for one car that roared past us, there were no background sounds. But New yeah. York City is a different animal. <laughs> um, Too true. So this is what you offered the... Um, uh, the the artists there, you were talking to them about, you know, moments and character and investing those characters with life because that's the difference between a series of events and a story that lands in our hearts mm -hmm. and stays with us. Um, what did you take away from them? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, yeah. what did you come away with? I I am still processing that, which is one of the reasons I'm glad we're talking, is because um, just to, to give you an idea, folks, uh, and Chris, um, the event ended uh, early afternoon on Sunday, the uh, 1st of July. And uh, Milan and Brada, you know, we all squeezed into the car again and headed down the highway from Leskovics to back to, to Belgrade and stopped at the same restaurant midway, had a meal, uh, you know, looked at life, uh, you know, and then eventually arrived in Belgrade uh, somewhere around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And you know, both gentlemen wanted to, and, and I was eager to have it happen, share some walking around experience of their city. So they took me to, and I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the name at this moment, but they took me to the fortress slash park, tourist park in Belgrade, which sits on this high hill that once you're on top of the hill inside this huge fortress, with, and, and, and people, you know, I'm saying fortress, so it's, it is literally, you walk through gates and, and archways and things of stone, flagstone, and, and you do know you're in the, a, a fortress that was built hundreds of years ago. And you step through all these gateways into the inner interior of it. And there's, there's this rolling grass and, and children's playgrounds and, and places to sit under trees and, and have picnics and things. And also along these, these walls, these, these ancient, over 600-year-old walls, you can literally sit on the edge of the top of this wall and overlook so much of the city of Belgrade and New Belgrade. And it's just vista, the Danube River is to the right, and uh, actuaries or, or other small bodies of water are connecting with it. And it's just, you know, quite, quite a sight to see. 
So I'm, I'm racing through that to say that we went there, we walked around, I went back to uh, Brada's house and had a meal with him and his wife and talked about life and you know, their experiences and their children. Went to sleep for about three hours or so and got up and caught a 7.30 flight back to the United States. So I'm still running on fumes and I'm still trying to process so much of what happened from Friday till now. Having said all that, what did I, what are some of the things that I took away from this, that I gained from this? I'll go back and say that I gained what we said at the beginning of this, which is once more the affirmation of people are people. And I met some great people. I met some interesting people. I met a number of very like-minded people from Yugoslavia, from Kosovo, from Belgium, from Paris, France, from uh, Moscow, you know, from other parts of Serbia uh, and beyond. There are, there are country, other countries, something like 50 countries. What, what made them involved. memorable? Well, first off, again, you know, there's multiple places where miscommunications can occur because many of us don't speak the other person's language or we only speak bits and pieces of it. But we found a way to communicate and that was making the effort because it was important to us to communicate. It was important to us to discuss things, to explore things, to ask questions, to learn. And, th and because of that, we made that effort. We, there were people who spoke a little bit of the other person's language plus English. So I was able to communicate with people from three other countries. Uh, English is considered, you know, almost uh, an, an international language. It's, it's the attitude that was presented to me is that in a number of countries, it is normal for the country's inhabitants to speak their own native tongue and possibly another language and definitely some English because you want to be able to communicate with others in other countries. And English is a so, common denominator language. So having gone through the language barrier, what did you learn from these people? What did you bring with you? Okay, so again, um, I, I'm, I'll just... Yeah. When I meet people, it's important for me to meet the person. You know, what they do or their status in the world is, is really not as important to me as, as who is this human being. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I met was a lot of people who we might consider uh, workers or blue collar or, uh, you know, sort of the artist who's living by his or her wits. Uh, the younger ones are still, you know, they're the young people, you know, my whole life's ahead of me. The older ones have had experiences that have hurt them or, uh, you know, scare them or frustrate them, but they're also still in love and passionate about their art and their creativity. And again, we're talking several different countries, several different languages, countries that, some countries that have had no quote-unquote oppression and others that have. I mean, Serbia was under the Ottoman Empire's control for 500 years. And then another type of, of, of control for a number of years up until the 90s. So there's, when I talk to many of the people who were organically or genuinely Serbia, some aspect of that came through, either as an aside or they would discuss a piece of history. More often than not, not to discuss the politics and the history and war and oppression, but to simply point out, this is where I come from, of the life that forged me. 
and this is now what I do, you know. So it was it was giving me a piece of their their core in order to understand where they are now, and so that was that to me was most important to meet people as people, and to get a sense of the human beings behind the other things. So when you have the elders who are artists who work for again the French, the Belgian, uh, who try to get their own books out there into what they feel is a narrow and sometimes empty or vacant marketplace. Uh, I know those feelings. I've had them and I've seen them uh, among people here in the United States as well as in England and Africa and the West Indies and India and places that I've been or communicate with others. So it's a universal experience striving to create, to tell a story, to prove that, that your passion, your love, your, your ability in art and to tell stories through art is universal. Um, I learned, you know, again, you, history absolutely is a part. You still there? I'm listening, brother. Okay. History is, is, a, is absolutely a part of who we are. We can deny it all we want. But the reality is we are definitely children of what has come before us. We are products of that. So, you know, Americans are just as affected by the things that have come before us in our history, depending on who we are, what we are, where we are, the same as anybody else. So there was a lot of what I got was common denominators. Uh, young people or older people who grew up with parents who couldn't give them the love or the nurturing support for their passion that they wanted and needed. And so they, they lost it or they, they lost interest or they um, uh, hit it a period of time and struggled with it until finally they came through and were able to, 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 to find their place in the world. Just, you know, younger people trying to figure out how do I fit in? Where have I run into that before? You know, I work with kids a lot. You work with kids. You're a high school teacher, among other things. You know, but that, that did not, how do I fit in? How do I carve my place in this world? But do it, I have any value? It goes to the core of storytelling, you know, from, yeah. from the earliest cave paintings to the first stories around the fire you know the idea of my experience is similar to your experience we can right. tell this tale and know that we connect it's one of the core needs of and humans. i'll even and i'll it, even take it or add to it you said by the fire you know telling by the fire we can take that to the gutenberg press to you know, to, oh, to all the, the way through huge all industry, the way through. all the content for blogging, you know, it follows us through all of the stages of human existence. You're right, and you know, you're seeing it in Serbians and other countries that were represented at that, just as you're seeing it uh, on the streets of Manhattan at the kids' Comic Con, at the San Diego Con, when you're in Russia. It just what we see you know, reinforces what you and I say all the time, people over politics, Absolutely. you know, comics over chaos. It's the stories that confirm our humanity. And I think we need that more than ever these days in this country, in other countries. I think we need more than anything right now, or maybe not more than, but certainly with, with huge importance, we need to rem be reminded of this. We need to hear this over the noise. We need to recognize that divisiveness serves a purpose for a small cadre of people. 
it does not serve all. It just doesn't. You know, very few communities survive by splitting up. You know, whether you're talking racially, religiously, or economically. You know, even even the, the, the extremely wealthy need the middle class or the mid-range and the, and, and the lower income people in order to have that lofty position. So nothing works without some form of collaboration. And I was going to say that, you know, again, looking at what I saw, you know, I looked at these older artists offering up their experiences, their knowledge and so forth to support young people. That's key. You turn around and you mentor. You turn around and you offer a hand. You turn around and do what was done for you. And if it wasn't done for you, here's your opportunity to do for somebody else. Here's your opportunity to not do what was done to you, to be ignored or, or to have to figure it out all on your own. Here's your opportunity to help. And these, these people, and I, I have to point this out, the festival does not have um, you know, funding, huge funding. They don't have corporate support or they don't even have a huge municipality supporting them. This, is, this festival of 20 years, and, and you factor in that they had little or no money, they were working with what they could, they were working with volunteers, uh, working with limited resources, <laughs> then working through at one point a war and it involved some of the structures and things around them being bombed. This festival was there for the young people, was there for uh, or there to help people. Not to make money, not to oppress who had a dream, some inkling that you're not alone and here's a way to get there. Here's what I know. does. Uh, Alex, does that sound familiar at all? <laughs> well, For those would... of you who don't know, Alex Simmons <laughs> has been one of the co-founders and co-creators and co-runners of the Kids Comic Con, a con with very little money, fighting uh, against politics at times, against you know little power moves at times. Uh, to get a con that is safe for children, that helps children, that shows them that their dreams are worth having, that their stories are worth telling. This has been, he's, he's going to say no, but this has been <laughs> largely a one or two man show driving this con for somewhere between 12 and 15 years every year and he goes to serbia and says look at what they're doing how amazing is it that they're making this work alex you are the perfect ambassador for the united states you are doing you are you are embodying the idea of america that anybody can pursue their dream you've done it you've proven it for years with the kids comic cons with your own creations with the life that you give the Scooby-Doo and the Hardy Boys and your character for Batman and, of course, Blackjack and so much more. Perfect choice uh, to represent America in a time when America needs to be well represented. Congratulations on going once again internationally to show people how to tell the story. Very proud mm -hmm. of you, sir. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Um, over the next, you know, few episodes and things, I'll, of course, I'll bring up um, as much as I can. But I definitely want to say on this episode, thank you, Marco, uh, for creating this event. Um, he pursued a dream of his own. And at 16, that dream nearly disappeared. And he stood up. He, he picked up the, the flag and ran with it and created an environment for other young people to benefit. And some 25 years later, here he is still doing it. So, Marco, thank you for your efforts. Um, certainly, uh, Milan and Brada, thank you for you know, looking after me, both coming and going. And major thanks to all of the artists and young people that I met uh, while I was there and making me feel welcome. And I hope that I gave to you uh, shared with me. And as I said, I'll, I'll share more of these stories as, as the the episodes continue. But thank Good you, Chris, for, for, you know, spending this time with me and letting me sort of uh, process, share uh, that. Well, it's uh, always a pleasure. You know that. Okay, buddy. You... We do not let you down. Take care. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.